This is the podcast for your punk ass, and I'm your host, David A. Canton, with my producer extraordinaire, Jerry Beeks. What's going on, Beeks? What's going on, Dave? Happy holidays to you, everybody out there listening. It's 2019, and everyone knows is Jason Reed of The Undefeated. Call this the year of the black quarterback. Reigning MVP, Pat Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. We have Deshaun Watson doing his thing with the Houston Texans. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Jacoby Brissett, yeah. And of course, there is Lamar Jackson uh-huh. from University of Louisville, yep. who's having an outstanding yeah. season. But Dave, listen to this audio we got from the Richard Pryor show back in 1977 when they were doing a skit and he was uh, the first black president. And he was doing a press conference, and they were asking him, and this is one of the questions they asked him. I want to know what you're going to do about having more black brothers as quarterbacks in the National Football Hunter League. Okay. Right on. I plan not only to have lots of black quarterbacks, but we're going to have black coaches and black owners of teams. As long as it's going to be football, going to be some black in it somewhere. Right. right. Doing something about it. All right. Because I'm tired of this mess that's been going down. Right. You know what I mean? Ever since the Rams got rid of James Harris, I've been my job in the top. You know what I'm talking about? So we're going to get down on the case now. Okay, so that was back in 1977, and here we are now in December 2019, and uh, San Francisco 49ers broadcaster Tim Ryan was on KNBR out in San Francisco, and this is what he had to say about black quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson in particular. He's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson, but when you you consider when he's... His dark skin color with a dark football, with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the match. <laughs> it's almost like saying, you know why Justin Verlander's a great pitcher, Robert, Roger Clemens, even though Clemens was a steroids, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. They have white hands and the white baseball is hidden, so therefore you can't see it. That's why Tom Seaver was great. Steve Carlton was great. Come on now, who says that? Exactly. No one's going to say that. But to say that is dark skin hides the ball. Amazing. Amazing. Not They had a dark uniform. Okay, who knows? But even making that point, what's the point? Oh, Roger Clemens pitched for the Yankees. He wore home white with his white hand and white uniform. You couldn't see the fastball. You couldn't see the spin of the ball. It was up in your head. Mike Piazza, come on now. This is just a bigger issue of how racism is just part of our culture, folks. Plain and simple. I'm not saying Tim Ryan's a bad guy. I'm not saying he's a member of the 7th Calvary for those Watchmen fans. Shout out. I'm not saying he's a card-carrying alt-right Trump person. All I'm saying is these ideas are in the culture. So let's look at the black quarterback. At one time in NFL, the argument was black people were not smart enough to play that position. Because remember, you need a PhD in physics, an MBA from Wharton School of Business to play quarterback. But we see over the years that's changed, but took a long time. And now that the NFL celebrates 100th anniversary in 2020, everything is falling into place 
in spite of the Colin Kaepernick scam and sham of a few weeks ago that we talked about. Fundoscopic examinations are unrevealing, so they change the topic until you're sobbing and catching feelings. Whoever's kneeling is unappealing, that glass ceiling starts to shatter with mathematical chitter-chatter. They crunch the data like pocket passes are getting faster. It seems to change in the type of players they're going after. The hybrid, the type of kid who can wildcat, can throw the ball and catch a punt and run it back, can call plays, design plays, and make plays and affect the outcome. Come in different ways. Omaha. Now, James Gilliam Omaha. played for legendary coach Eddie Robinson, was the first black quarterback to start in NFL games in 1974 and won a playoff game. But before him, there's a man the name of James Harris, who played at Tennessee State, was drafted by the Bills, which was an AFL team. And for those of you that don't know, the AFL, American Football League, most of its players came from HBCUs, historically black colleges yep. and universities. That's real talk, yep. And we know with the AFL, which is similar to the ABA, the American Basketball Association, where they're more, quote-unquote, liberal policies. Forget about liberal policies, folks. This is business. They needed bodies. They needed players. So the AFL said, what the hell? Let's get these black players from HBCUs. We need bodies, dudes who can play, black, white, green, whatever. Business, folks, this is money. Let's stop getting it twisted. So anyway, Harris plays for the Bills. He's cutting three years, goes to the Rams, and that then he becomes an executive, and that's that. So James Harris was the first black to play professional football as a quarterback in the AFL while Joe Gilliam, my bad, Joe Gilliam in 1974 was the first black quarterback to start a season. Doug Williams was the first black quarterback drafted in 1978 out of Grambling University by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then he became the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl ring. So now we see that brief history. But it just leads to the fact, well, why it took so long? That's what we're talking about, racism and change. Black people couldn't play center, middle linebacker. These are thinking positions. Again, you need a PhD in quantum physics to play <laughs> middle linebacker. You need four PhDs to play center. That's just the, that's just the problem. It's racism, folks. Whether it's football or other sports, let's go back a bit. At one time, the belief was white men were superior athletes in sports. If you go to first modern Olympiad, 1896, and early on, all white guys, they had to be superior, not only intellectually, but physically. But that starts to change. 1915, Jack Johnson becomes the first black heavyweight champion. And white folks went crazy. There's race riots, pissed off. And of course, he had he dated white women. That's a, oh my goodness, they went crazy. But still, nevertheless, the belief was white men are superior athletes. Then in 1936, Jesse Owens out of the Ohio State University, who beat Michigan again. Shout out to the Buckeyes. Jim Harbaugh is overrated. But nevertheless, dominates the 1936 Berlin Olympia, winning four gold medals. Then all of a sudden, the studies start coming out. That somehow, all of a sudden, black people are superior to something different about them. Twitch fibers and all this other nonsense. 
Black people have the same amount of bones and muscles like any other person. So over time, this narrative starts to change. That now black men are superior athletes. You see? That's what I keep trying to tell you, folks. This is all made up. Let's go to the NFL. The first black player. Early black players in the league, like Fritz Pollard, who became the first black coach in 1920. You don't see another black head coach with Art Shell in 1989. Remember Al Campanis of the Los Angeles Dodgers? Basically, black dudes aren't smart enough to be general managers, to play quarterback. So we look at the NFL. Teams like the Washington Redskins with a racist Southern fan base were against black players. So it isn't until 1946 when Kenny Washington, a running back from UCLA, becomes the first black player drafted in the NFL one year before Jackie Robinson of Brooklyn Dodgers and Branch Rickey. You know the story. I'm going to give you another story. Baseball was in trouble post-World War II, son. Yeah, Major League Baseball was losing money at the time. And keep in mind, Brooklyn, by post-World War II, is becoming more what? Diverse. African-Americans migrated to the city. Yep, absolutely. African-Americans spent money on the Negro Leagues. Don't get it twisted. You know Branch Rickey. They know what's going on. Everyone knows. Talk to all the old-timers out there. Jackie Robinson wasn't the best player. But they figured he's the one that can put up with the racist nonsense. We know Josh Gibson was better. Everyone knows Satchel Paige should have the opportunity. But I'll tell you right now, those brothers got in and any racism went down, somebody about to get their ass whooped. So when Kaepernick didn't stand for what he believed, stood tall enough where they wouldn't let him back in the league. He wasn't standing for himself, he was standing for me. And every time I got stopped by the cops in the street, for Lamar, Jack, Dak, Russell, Will, and Patrick Mahomes, the year the black quarterback was going to capture the throne. Word. But let's go to the NBA. Last week, Watora Masaka... The first non-white person to play in professional basketball. In 1947, he was drafted by the New York Knicks. There's a great story in The Undefeated by Carrie Chow. Talks about Mr. Masaka. Won two national championships for that powerhouse, the University of Utah, the Utes. Now, he wasn't a great scorer. Masaka was the Pat Beverly of back in the day. But nevertheless, he got drafted by the New York Knicks in 1947. The NBA and the Basketball Association of America, BAA, combined in 1949 to form the NBA, which will celebrate its 75th anniversary in 2024. But back to Masaka's 5'7 guard, Hardcore defender. 5'7". So he signed by the Knicks, a new team in the league. The owner of the Knicks was Ned Irish. You just bought a team. You got to make some money. So he saw the crowd's reaction to Masaka in college at the National Invitation Tournament in Madison Square Garden. So guess what? I'm going to make this money. So in Game 3, they go up to Providence... The crowd is cheering, and guess what they tell him, Masaka? Go home. Go right? home. Yeah. You see, at that time, Japanese Americans are viewed as foreigners, not citizens, even though Masaka was born in the States. 
when he went to the military, they said, you know what? Yo, say you're Hawaiian, son. <laughs> so your own white American soldiers don't what? Yell out that racist term, Jap. You see? So after the game in Providence, the owner of the Irish, uh, owner of the Knicks, that Irish said, you know what? We're going to cut Masaka, pay him for his salary, and this has nothing to do with empathy, folks. This is business. No different than Colin Kaepernick. See, I'm bringing it home. That's why they're not signing him. It's business. It's money. It's capitalism. I'm in here to make money, not social statements. Unless the social statement, i.e. Jackie Robinson, i.e. Masaka, can bring in some money. Colin Kaepernick, even though he's a black quarterback, is not going to help my bottom line. Goodell, those other 30 owners, keep your feelings out of it. This isn't a Drake song. I can't stress this enough. So Ned Irish said, you know, we'll pay him for the year. He felt guilty. No. Yeah, well, if the Providence crowd had cheered for him, then he would have stayed on the team. Colin Kaepernick, right? we already know, should be in the league, but yeah. he gets down to money. Exactly. It's not that deep. You put in black quarterbacks, the fans don't show up. The writers go ham, the sports journalists. Now, this is before 24-hour sports talk radio. This is what's happening. So, yes, it's the year of the black quarterback, but damn, it took so long. Will there ever be a year of the black coach in NFL? I doubt it. It's almost like the quarterback, the prototypical, air quotes, Daniel Jones, Dimes. Where the hell they get that nickname from? He hasn't done anything. <laughs> Donnie Dimes. What the hell they call Danny him? Danny Dimes. 6'5". <laughs> White. You know where I'm going. That's prototypical Brady. Run about a 5'9", Accurate. Quote, unquote, smart. They all got 900 degrees, allegedly, quote, air quote. They majored in astrophysics. No, they didn't. They majored in football. That's like the Republican Party holding on to that last position on the field as that quarterback. And the paradigm is starting to change. Are there still skeptics? Of course. Until Jackson wins a Super Bowl. Russell won one. Deshaun uh, uh, Watson, until they consistently win Super Bowls, this is still an aberration, an anomaly. Look those words up. Patrick Mahomes, until they start winning Super Bowls, it's still a novelty act. So keep your eyes on that because just like when Jack Johnson won, these white fans are holding on to this past of dominance. The white prototypical typical quarterback. If it's not the quarterback, the next is the coach, then the GM. Just holding on. 70% of the athletes in the NFL are African American. 80% in NBA African American. Just holding on. That's it. Boxing. Quote unquote done. Quote unquote. And these other sports. But the reality is not that groups own or take over or dominate. It's all about, check out this word, opportunity. There are more losing white NFL football coaches than black losing coaches. Why? They had more opportunity. There are more white winning coaches than black winning coaches. Why? They had opportunity. That's all. 
when the NBA first opened up, it was dominated by Jewish Americans. Goldstein to Steinberg for the layup. But once opportunity, then what happens? Do you know you can go to college for free by hooping? Sign me up. And guess what? Everybody starts playing. But then you start saying, well, black people dominate. No, opportunity. And what my man Melvin Van Peoples says, in sports and entertainment, there's no interference on black talent. So in other words, LeBron James can dunk the ball. There's no sinister conspiracy to raise the hoop to 12 feet. You see? But in corporate America, one can say you didn't get the promotion because why? You don't have soft skills. You don't fit in. You wear cornrows. You wear locks. You didn't go to the right college. You like Baptist churches. You see? You can get denied based on those subjective criteria. But not in sports. If you can sing, you can sing. Period. They don't care. You can make money. You can make money in sports and entertainment. There's a non-interference clause unless you do what Colin Kaepernick did. Back again at it, Beaks. There you go. You see? Yep. Once you take a position against the money train, then it's all over. Once you don't take a position, you can keep bringing in that money. So that's what it all comes down to. M-O-N-E-Y. Whether it's Masaka, who gets cut because of some racist fans in Providence. Whether it's all these white fans for years who deny the intellectual skill of a black quarterback. Remember, these are systems. When Harris came out of Tennessee State, Michigan State said, yo, son, become a tight end. Remember Warren Moon, University of Washington? He had to go to Canadian Football League, which had more black quarterbacks because why? Wider field, longer field based on speed. Moon comes back and dominates, but never won a Super Bowl thanks to that raggedy defense when they're up 35-3. It wasn't Moon's fault, but this is what happened. Remember Randall Cunningham, another one, great quarterback, but what? Buddy Ryan, so focused on defense, never taught that brother how to play quarterback. You see, it's just like in baseball. There's throwing and there's pitching. So again, yes, it's the year the black quarterback, but they have to produce Super Bowls because again, you know, it's that double standard that black people have been held under for years in this country. There's no double standard with something where blacks do well, right? Basketball, football, the double standard comes in, whether it's in politics, Kamala Harris, come on now. Yes, you disagree with a uh, policies as a prosecutor but come on she's no different than Obama and Cory Booker neoliberal democrats she's not talking about progressive left wing policies but there's a double standard while Mayor Pete come on now he's a Rhodes Scholar but so is Cory Booker but you never know it why double standard they love Mayor Pete he's a neoliberal Look at his policies in South Bend, Indiana. Ever been to Indiana? Come on. So whether it's politics or, or sports, wherever black people are the first to break a barrier, there's a double standard. The rules change in the game. Tim Tebow takes a knee for God, but it's okay. Colin Kaepernick takes a knee to protest police brutality. We got a problem double standard black coaches 
giving these raggedy, bad teams over and over again, whether it's college football, Willie Taggart, Florida State. You know why I can't recruit? Once you have that bad season, the alumni, the donors, the players don't come. That's the bottom line. And you don't get second opportunities. Tyrone Willingham, remember that? 10-0 with Notre Dame. He's out the game. Charlie Weiss, remember him? Oh, he went to Notre Dame. Constant, constant do-overs. Double standard. Then once black coaches get the one opportunity, then it's a wrap. Now, of course, you have Tony Dungy. Did a great job in Tampa Bay. John Gruden stole that Super Bowl ring. Gruden gets a 10-year deal with the Raiders. He's so overrated. Chucky. Oh, forget about it. But you know why they like Dungy? He's a Christian, a good guy. In other words, they want you to be the good black. They like him. He won a Super Bowl. But if you have any flavor, not flavor, bad so you have any perspective, if you're not a game player like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that's why they banned him from coaching. He wasn't what? Hee-hee and kiki with what? The white reporters. If you don't do that, they shut you down. You see? But guess what? Kareem has integrity. He's a scholar. He writes books. How many books have Larry Bird published? Jerry West. Come on now. That's why they don't like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, I know I'm jumping around a bit, yeah, but that's, that's okay. the point. Yeah. Double standard. I got you. So these black quarterbacks have pressure. There are more white quarterbacks who haven't won a Super Bowl, had losing records, than black quarterbacks. Because of what? Opportunity. There are more black quarterbacks today because of why? Opportunity. That's all. It's not rocket science. But still, the remarks by Tim Ryan shows that underneath there's still this doubt, still this, mm, I don't know, still this need to prove to white fans that black quarterbacks can cut the mustard. There's still this, I don't know if they're smart enough, that Lamar Jackson is a novelty act. I'm just waiting for it, a.k.a. Cam Newton. Did all that running out, his body's all beat up. So again, when you're a black quarterback, if you can't run, a.k.a. Doug Williams, who was an old-school pocket passer, they expect you to run. Look at wide receivers. White guys can be slot receivers. Edelman, Wes Walker, right? 5'10", 5'11", you know, take a few uh, PEDs, i.e. your boy Edelman. But black receivers got to have speed. You see, you can't be a black slot guy. Remember, uh, what's his name? Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson. Slow as dirt. <laughs> they get one year at 100 receptions, only one touchdown. <laughs> Double standard. It's almost like we're keeping jobs based on racial stereotypes rather than who is the best player. Because why? We need to make sure our fan base is happy. Look at LSU, Ohio State. They always have like one white guy on defense. Not saying you can't play, but come on now. Got to keep the fan base happy. Who funds the beast? The most of the alumni with deep pockets are white. Why? It was a white university for all those years. Why? White people have access to all the resources. So therefore, they can write the checks. When Taggart was let go, Florida State raised $18 million to pay his firing fee. 
They probably asked about 20 donors. I'm going to guess 99% of white guys who got 500,000 like that. Hold on, son. Let me go to my ATM and get that 500,000. We need a new coach, a new white coach. So, of course, Florida State can say, you know what? We tried it and it failed. We're done. I'm a New York Yankee fan. Never had a black manager. Yankees one of one of the last teams to get a black player. Elston Howard. You see? So it's funny how that works. So yes, 2019's the year, year the quarterback. Shout out to Lamar Jackson who's killing it. Pat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson. Hopefully Cam Newton can salvage his career. But there's still the X on their back. And it's black. And I'm out. And that's the show, folks. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. And we're going to bring you another podcast for your punk ass as soon as it's humanly possible. Because without you... dark brown shades of my skin There would only be us. Only add color to my tears Oh, oh, that splash against my hollow bones That rocks my soul oh, 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 oh. Looking back over my false dreams that I once knew Wondering why my dreams never came true Is it because I'm black? Uh-huh. Somebody tell me, what can I do? Oh, Lord. Oh, something is holding me back. Uh-huh. Is it because I'm black? Yeah. In this well of no pity, I was raised in the ghettos of the city. Yeah, oh Lord. Uh. Uh. Mama, she worked so hard to earn every penny. Something is holding me back Uh Is it because I'm black?